Hello and welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming. As with all science and technology, what these women do have a real impact on all of our lives, whether we realise it or not. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys. This week, I talked to Eneni Aban, a robotics engineer. My name is Eneni Aban. I am a robotics engineer, all-round tech enthusiast, and I'm currently studying data science at the University of West England. Well, it's awesome to meet you. I have to say right off the bat that you do not look like a typical robotics engineer. So how <laughs> has that been for you? I think it's come with its ups and downs, as one would presume. Um, it's been a really interesting road for me. Um, honestly, it's... I wouldn't change anything for the world. It's what I love to do, it's what I've always wanted to be and what I've, I advocate for and go around the world talking about. So it's really a strong passion of mine and honestly love it. With all the challenges, I do love it. So what got you into robotics in the first place? I've told this story quite a bit, so I do apologize if it's been heard before, but um, I, basically, I was a kid growing up in South London, not the best of areas, and I just knew that whatever I do in life, I wanted to get out of my situation. I didn't want to be this kid um, forever growing up in the council estate. I had a single mom, so I saw how hard she was always working. And I guess also being the eldest child, be, coming from a Nigerian heritage, it was very, not really imposed on me, but it was kind of... It's kind of in our tradition that as the eldest child, you kind of help a lot more with the responsibilities and stuff. So I always knew whatever I did, it would have to be something where I was earning enough, <laughs> enough to like take us out of our situation. So I went from being wanting to be a doctor to wanting to be a plastic surgeon, to wanting to be a forensic scientist. Um, and yeah, then robotics kind of just, I got a, a doll that was about probably one meter tall. It could walk, it could talk. And I was so fascinated by it. Was, how is this possible? Especially in the 90s, I was like, how is this possible? Um, and just from doing my research, going to the library and stuff, I kind of figured out this is robotics. And I guess from that, my passion just grew and I, I pretty much knew that's what I wanted to do. So I'm assuming that to get into robotics, you have to be good at maths and sciences, particularly physics, right? I think there is a maybe preconceived notion that you do have to be good at maths. Um, I do think that up to A-level maths is actually more than enough to be able to understand the maths that's in robotics. Of course, if you're specializing and going into something really specific, then you would have to know the maths pertaining to that. But we live in a day and age where nobody's solving algorithms like mathematical stuff by hand. Like we have calculators, there's machines that can do it for you. And I think some people think, oh my God, I'm going to be in industry and I'm going to be doing like Y equals MX plus, like doing all this crazy stuff and letters and algebra and all sorts. But it's really not the case, especially in maybe this um, type of robotics that I do, which is computer vision. There is maths, but it's, it's all done on apps and online and calculators. It's, it's nothing that you're going to be by hand scribbling and doing yourself. 
so yeah, there is an element of maths to it. Um, I definitely say there is, but it's it's nothing more than A level. If you can do A level maths, then you can pass that. Just do a little bit more, and you're good for robotics. <laughs> so tell me about your area of expertise. You talked about computer vision. Like, what are you doing with your specialist knowledge that is maybe affecting the rest of our lives? Yeah. So I about maybe two years now, I worked in a company which was using computer vision algorithms to basically make driverless cars. And it was honestly the coolest thing ever. I was the only woman, I was the only black woman, <laughs> uh, but it was just a wealth of knowledge all around me. And I think that's where I really was like, okay, good. This is the kind of robotics that I want to specify. And computer vision is just basically how robots see, how machines see. So for me, that was what I, I was really interested in. I was like, how is a car able to drive somewhere? And there's no driver, there's no human interaction, there's nothing. Uh, and, and that for me was just really fascinating. So what kind of things do you do on a daily basis? Like how do you turn that concept of computer vision into like an actual reality? Yeah, so I've been out of industry for about maybe a year now. Um, I actually left. So I was I was working in industry, COVID hit, and being a robotics engineer, especially one that's kind of more on the hardware side of things, there's just not much you can do when you can't be on site, uh, which I really sympathize with a lot of engineers who kind of work on the more hardware side of things because you can't go to work, you can't work on the car, you can't be there. So for me, I made a really big decision that, okay, I've done what I can do in industry. I feel like I've learned what I can learn. Um, I want to take like this computer vision knowledge and all this passion for robotics and do something that makes sense, like do something that really fulfills me. And that's when I decided to basically go to Africa. I was like, you know, what? it's mid COVID. I checked the regulations. COVID wasn't really doing much in Africa as a continent. So I was like, OK, which country do I want to go to? And I found myself in Nigeria for about half a year. So I've only been in the UK now for about two, three months. Um, but I found myself going to villages, going to government schools and teaching robotics. And I think the beautiful thing with computer vision is as long as you have a camera and you have a computer, you can demonstrate what a computer vision algorithm can do because how the robot sees is basically through a camera. So just having the kids actually being able to use different programs and seeing how things work and having the computer vision algorithms like recognize that that's their eyes or that's their nose, that's their mouth. I think that was just really amazing. So I, I actually went with a company called Arduino, who's like my, I love Arduino, one of the most amazing engineering companies in the world. They're really, really focused on STEM education. And um, yeah, it was amazing. I, I taught kids from different areas, villages, to kids that were maybe in, you know, more of the Al-Qaeda kind of stricken areas. So the places that had a lot of issues with girls not really being able to be themselves or being pushed to menial jobs. Um, so that for me was just, it really made me see just how much robotics as a whole can impact communities and not, not just at a, I guess, you know, educational level, but just even showing them that there's more to this world, there's more to this life, there's so much that they can do. If you can imagine it, you can probably build it. Somebody somewhere is probably building it as we speak. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been doing. So I've kind of transitioned from industry, uh, doing more kind of 
going around foundation type of work. Uh, and now I'm currently doing my master's <laughs> in data. In what? In data science. Ah, okay. Yeah. My gosh, that just sounds like such an incredibly fulfilling career so far. I mean, to go from um, being in an industry where you really are a minority to then using your knowledge and expertise to inspire the next generation. I mean, I can't even compute how, how enriching that must have been. Um, what drove you to, I mean, I know COVID, you know, you took a massive decision, but you could have gone in any direction. Like, why did you go in that particular direction to help young kids? Yeah, this might sound like a little bit shocking to you, but in, I think it was 2017, I actually attended the IET awards and you were giving a speech. You were saying about stuff that you've done with like UN. You're just talking about what you were doing and how you believe girls should not really be confined to menial jobs and stuff like that. And honestly, I was so inspired. I think my first post on my Instagram is literally you giving the speech. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. I wanna help people. I wanna go into these communities and help children too. So from that's when I kind of started my Instagram page and my whole Instagram is really about representation and just showing that this is what a robotics engineer looks like. And there's so many girls, so many women that look like me. And um, that's pretty much what started it for me. So thank you. <laughs> that's really uh, what drove me. Cause I, I was thinking about it. I was in my own little bubble. I'd had all these challenges um, even prior to, cause back then I, I don't think I'd actually entered the industry. So back then I was, rounding up university and I was just feeling really defeated. I had a lot of imposter syndrome, only girl on my course, only person of color. So I was, I was just really feeling like, what do I do next? And I really don't want anybody else, um, perhaps from my background or from a similar background to feel the same way that I felt doing a course. Cause there were so many times when I wanted to drop out so many. And um, yeah, I, th I think for me, that's always just been at the back of my mind. So. Since then, I've probably done over 20 workshops teaching. Um, so for me, when COVID hit and everything, it was kind of like a no-brainer because I'd already felt like, oh my God, this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'd done quite a bit in the UK, but I was like, I want to go back to the motherland. I'm a proud Nigerian. It's something I tell everyone, you're a robotics engineer. No, I'm a Nigerian robotics engineer. But um, no, I really wanted to go back and I wanted to just give back to my people. Um, so that was really what propelled me. I was like, okay, I'm here uh, working from home. That we're kind of in limbo. They're telling us we might be, become redundant. We might not, that they, they don't know what's happening. And I'm just seeing, like I'm on LinkedIn and I'm seeing guys in Kenya making like humanoid robots with no formal education. There's a girl in Ghana who made a power generator that's powered off urine. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> like, I want to be in Africa. I want to be with these kids. I want to see what they're doing. I want to inspire more to get into it. And yeah, I was just thinking if, if this is what they can do without that formal education, since I'm trained and I know basically a lot of, about robotics and I'm just here doing nothing at home, why don't I go back and, you know, actually show them that it is possible. This thing, there's no hobby you're working on. You can make it a profession. So. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, like disclaimer I had no idea that um, you had seen 
you were part of that audience and that, you know, that's, uh, it's so weird because right now I'm like in between the emotion of feeling extremely humbled, um, but also massively inspired because what you've gone on to do is touch so many people's lives in such a profound way. Like I can just imagine these little girls looking at you thinking, wow, I want to be like you when I grow up, which is so incredible that you did that work. Um, what's the plan then? Are you going to continue to inspire? Are you going to go back to industry? Um, so basically, I felt that as a robotics engineer, I had a very strong undergrad. And I was like, okay, I feel like my university, the University of the West of England, which is where I also did my undergrad, I felt like their course was so comprehensive. I've learned so much in the space of like five years that I was pretty much like, okay, um, I don't know if I want to study robotics as a back. In fact, I didn't even want to go back to uni. I just wanted to go to industry, make money, make my mama proud, and that was it. But um, while I was in Nigeria, those my university kind of saw what I was doing, and um, I got a scholarship. I got offered a scholarship to study um, data science, and I was just thinking to myself, I mean, data science as a robotics engineer is there any relevance? And I thought about it properly. The thing with data science that really ultimately made me take it as a master's was the fact that you learn, specifically learn a lot of machine learning algorithms. And I think that's kind of like, ironically, the next step for robotics anyway. When you have just traditional robotics, the next thing that makes it even better is artificial intelligence and thus machine learning. So it just kind of worked out, honestly. And I was, I was in Nigeria and I was thinking to myself, do I stay and keep doing this or do I go get more knowledge and then come back? So that's pretty much my plan. I'm gonna go, uh, oh, I'm here now. I'm gonna get as much knowledge as I can, just strengthen what I already know. And then ultimately I wanna be back doing what I love. I'm so passionate about it. I've now created a foundation and through the foundation, I've got other people, volunteers coming on board. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for going back. I think what I might do instead of going to industry just for the financial kind of protection um, of, of it all is I really want to start my own company for offering automated services in Africa. Um, but it's pretty much basically set in stone that I will be in Africa because I feel like that's where I can make the most impact. Oh my God, goosebumps, like literally. Um, it's amazing what you're doing. And, um, you know, I just wish you so much luck and, and prosperity with it because, um, you know, one of the things you said was when you were talking about these different individuals who have, you know, built a power generator from urine and, you know, built all these creative things, um, that's really the essence of engineering. And so it feels like you are um, going back to Africa to really nurture um, the seeds that have been planted, you know, in terms of engineers who just need that sort of TLC to really prosper. Exactly. Um, and, and, it, and, and that is what engineering is about. Like, I think sometimes it, I get the feeling that STEM subjects are often um, reserved for people who, you know, have had quite a privileged upbringing or, you know, are, have access to, I don't know, tutors or 
you know, have had quite a cozy education. Um, but engineers, and this is what I love about engineering, is that engineering and ingenuity can really spring up from nowhere. You know, you don't necessarily have to have like this privileged education to be an engineer. You just need to have good ideas and a willingness to solve problems. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. Just you'd be surprised of raw talent that there is in the world. I, I mean, when you think about robotics, you think about the West and not even so much of the West, maybe even like Asia. That's where you think the robotics is really, really advanced. But it's the talent, like the natural talent is there. The passion, the willingness to learn is there. And what I've noticed a lot with going back over the years is all they want is just an opportunity. It's just somebody to believe in them. It's just somebody to be like, do you know what? No, what you're doing is great. Continue, keep going. Don't worry. Some guy over there said that you're this and that, whatever. Kill it with your skill. Like they, they just want somebody to have their back. And for me personally, um, being in university or my undergrad and just feeling like I had no one on my side, like family from family to friends. So many people were like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you gonna have a career in this? Because people were worried about me because there was nobody like me ever. Um, you know, when I go back to Nigeria, people are like, you're the first female Nigerian robotics engineer that we've met. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I might be, <laughs> you know? Um, there was literally nobody in my class. I've spoken to so many people in industry. They've never met any females, yet alone black. So, for me, it's, it's giving people that kind of opportunity that maybe I didn't have and I would have loved to have. Um, just having somebody, not so much as a role model to be like, okay, do it exactly how I've done it because I don't have all the answers, but just somebody that looks like them. Again, representation is so important. It's incredibly important. Just knowing that, oh, there's this girl called the tech over on Instagram and she, looks like this and she goes out and she has a good time but then on Monday she's underneath like a car bonnet and she's doing all this crazy stuff like just knowing that this is possible and you can have the best of all the worlds that you want not just being a mother not just doing this not just doing that whatever you want to do so um yeah I, I think it's just them having the opportunity them having somebody to be like and then he sees us and you know because she sees us, I'm going to do what I need to do to become what I want to be kind of thing. It's incredible. Um, tell me more about what you have experienced, because um, this is really a platform to, to just get transparent about what it's been like. And the reason why I, I give people a chance to just describe it is because often, um, people in minorities are not heard because when we describe our experiences, people go, oh, okay, get the violins out. Yeah, you had it tough. But it's like, I, I don't think it is important to talk about how tough it was to get sympathy. I think it's important to talk about how tough it was in order for people to go, oh, okay, my experiences weren't isolated. So. As a female um, woman in robotics engineering, who also happens to be black, um, what has it been like? Um, 
I guess maybe I'll start from how far back should I go? Let's go to secondary school. I feel like when I was in secondary school or high school, uh, I so I was born here, raised in the UK, everything. Um, around 12, my parents felt like it was important for me to be exposed to my culture and know my heritage, where I come from. So that's when we were basically, me and my brother, we moved back to Nigeria, we moved to Nigeria. And while we were there, it was a completely different world for me. I think that's kind of when I first saw that, okay, yes, I'm black, everybody else here is black. But I was like, wow, I have a certain level of privilege, even coming from like a council estate and being on benefits as a family. And, you know, I still have more of a privilege than a lot of the people who were in my school. And um, for me, it wasn't something where I was like, oh my God, yes. I was, I was really like humbled by it. I was, I was shocked even because the firsthand I saw how intelligent and how brilliant people in my school were. And I was just like, wow. Um, I need to be here. So I think from that age, I always knew that I was going to eventually find myself back in Nigeria because I wanted to help. But I felt a lot of resistance towards me. I felt a lot of people were, would kind of laugh like, oh, you want to do robotics? <laughs> like, what's that? And I would, I'd feel very defeated. Even my teachers in school would be like, we don't think you should do it. Women don't do engineering, do something that's a bit more fitted to you, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I was like, what does that mean? Something that's more fitted to me. I mean, <laughs> I've been taking apart kettles and toasters since I was like seven. <laughs> like, if there's anything I'm meant to be doing, I'm pretty sure it was engineering. Um, and, and yeah, they just really, nobody really supported it. So um, I was very resilient. I will say that I do have quite a strong personality. And I was just like, well, you guys don't think I can do it because you think I can't do it. I'm going to do it even more. Um, so that's how I kind of, started applying for schools, applied to like MIT. I just looked for like all the best robotics schools from MIT to actually UWE, which is the best in England. So I was like, let me look around and let me see. And that's how I eventually um, came to the UK for A-levels, did my A-levels. And the funniest thing is I actually tanked my A-levels. The first year, was it was really crazy. The first year, because of how good the education in Nigeria is, which a lot of people don't actually know, education is kind of really, really advanced. So I was, when I came to do my A-levels my first year, I was really kind of academically ahead. I was probably two years ahead. So I was probably at university level at the beginning of A-levels. So my first year, I kind of just moved through. I was like, oh yeah, I, I know this. I did this two years ago. And, um, and that was great. But my second year, I think from being so calm and lax about it all, I completely tanked everything. And, and the ones that I was meant to do to get onto robotics, like IT and mathematics, I failed. Like I think I got a C and a D. So and the entry requirement for my university was A and B. So I sent them a very long heartfelt email, and I was just like, "Hi guys, I've always wanted to be a robotics engineer. Um, I know I don't have the necessary grades. I'm having to be put on a waiting list. I really want to learn." And just told them about the projects I was doing, and just a really long email <laughs> fighting my case. And um, yeah. They were like, okay, we're full for this cohort, but do you want to come onto the foundation um, kind of more, uh, course first, the foundation, like a general engineering course. And then after that, you can go into robotics. I was like, yes, <laughs> I will, I'll be there tomorrow. So that's how I actually found myself onto it. Um, and the foundation year was great. Like there were so many people from computer science, from games design. It was just a general kind of engineering 
degree. Uh, there's so many, so many people, probably half the amount of people, half the cohort was women. So I was just like, yes, this is how it's going to be on robotics. The next year when I got into robotics, I looked around and I was like, wow, okay. There's a lot of white men here and you know, is anybody else, any females, you know? And, and that's when I kind of began to feel, I, at times I do think, was it in my head? And then there's other times that I'm like, no, something fishy was going on. I did feel when it came to things like group work, people wouldn't want to work with me because they just presume, because I was, I've, I've always been very fabulous. I'll come into class, we're going to learn some trigonometry, trigonometry or something, or like some crazy thing in class, digital signals processing or something. But I've got like lashes on, I've got my fresh weave, I've got maybe heels on, like thigh high boots. So I just really was expressive and dressed and acted how I wanted to. I still got the work done, but I think that kind of gave people this stereotype of me that she's just this black Barbie, you know, she's just this bimbo and we don't know how she got here. Considering the fact that I kept passing every year and going to the, like, you think that they would be like, okay, so she's definitely doing well on the course. But um, yeah, so things like group work, um, people wouldn't want to work with me. I always felt like I had to try harder, almost to the point of trying to impress. Like, I felt like I was begging for attention silently. So I'd, I'd be, oh yeah, so I, I can do this part of the report. Like I'd find myself doing 75% of the work on the project because I wanted to prove myself and because I wanted to be like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not this airhead that you guys probably have presumed I am. And yeah, uh, I think for majority of it, I was miserable. So I had a lot of friends in my business, other degrees, which have a lot more women. And I would see them hanging out, you know, they'd go for lunch and stuff. And I'd be like in the canteen, just eating by myself and all the robotics boys are like together. I'd be like, I'd come to class and they'd be like, yeah, so it was really good seeing you yesterday. And we were studying together. And I'd be like, nobody, I'm in the group chat. Nobody invited me like, I didn't know about this. So things like that, I think for me, it was really difficult. And that plus the fact that the work, the course itself is a very intense course, especially at my university. You learn so much about so much. You learn from computer vision to the actual hardware of robotics to electronic signals. And I felt like I didn't have anyone. So there were many points that I did feel like I wanted to just drop out. I, just, I can't do this. I would go online and try searching for black female robotics engineers I wouldn't see any and I'd be like well there's probably a reason why there's none because we're not wanted we're not wanted in this field and I didn't feel wanted in class sometimes I'd ask questions like even to teachers and I feel like they didn't really want to like they'd be like oh you should know that and I'm like well I don't know that's what I, why I'm asking so just that coupled with a lot of things it actually took me an extra year to finish because I just mentally had to go for a little bit of a break I was like this is too much and then when I came back, I was like, do you know what? I believe in myself. I've always believed. This is not the first time I felt like I didn't belong in robotics. From when I was young, I've always felt like this is what I wanted to do. And that passion that I've naturally always had just became like, it just lit a fire under me. I was like, why am I letting people get to me? I've never been one to care about what anybody thinks. So why suddenly do I, do I care so much? And yeah, I was like, do you know what? And then you get this degree done, finish it, graduate. And, um, and again, going back to when I saw your speech, it's so crazy because I think I was in my last year of uni and I was thinking to myself, this, 
am I the only one who cares about going back to the motherland and helping? Am I the only person? Like, I don't see people doing this. Even the people in industry, they have careers here. I mean, none of them are black women, but the robotics engineers I saw, it's like, they're not doing anything else. They're just working and go, that's it. Like, and I think from seeing you speak and just being like, there are people who just want opportunity. Like we as engineers, as women, we have a power and we need to use that power kind of, and just all of that. I just felt to myself, wow, why do I have imposter syndrome? Like, and for me, it was, it was almost at the point where it was inspiring. And I thought to myself, like, cause I know you mentioned UN, I believe you mentioned that you had just done something with them. And I was just like, wow, like that's where I could be as well. Like, it's crazy. Cause now I, I give so many people like, I guess hope to get into engineering, but for me, that was a really defining moment. And honestly, this is not rehearsed guys. We didn't talk about this before, but that was a really defining moment in my life. Cause I was just like, I, there's somebody that's visible to me, you know, a woman of color and she's, she's on a stage and she's talking to a lot of white men in the crowd, <laughs> you know, like, why do I feel some type of way about what I'm doing? So honestly, I think six months later is when I graduated. So that was a really important moment for me to be like, finish it, get it done, and then do what you really care about, which is helping people. So I know that's a very long story, but that's basically how I was like, yeah, people are always going to hate on you. People are always going to have something to say. But at the end of the day, if you have the passion for it, if it's really what you want to do and it makes you happy, who cares? <laughs> Somebody's always going to say something. Oh my God. It's, uh, it's so amazing to hear your experiences because what I hear um, is just someone that's got such resilience and such, um, like, it, it just reminds me of that analogy of like a blade of grass growing through concrete like you know you can concrete grass over but like you know that one blade that's like trying to get through the crack and just reach the sun it's that's you you know just someone that didn't want to turn her back on her passions and her interest and her skill um it's such an inspiring journey that you've had because you know your journey isn't all sparkly and perfect like I went to university I did really well I then got a job and it's you know it's a story full of um zigzags you know the fact that you took an additional year to finish your degree shows so much strength and so much courage because you know you could have dropped out you know there are so many women who you know I, I consider myself a, a sort of engineering dropout to some degree, because even though I absolutely love what I do today, you know, I couldn't hack um, not being part of a group and not being included. Like I just didn't have that sort of strength of character to say, I know I'm really underrepresented here, but I'm gonna still fight for what I enjoy. Um, and you did, you are fighting for what you enjoy. And that's so inspiring. You know, I, I see that as, you know, more resilient than I have ever been so it's like don't talk to me about that speech because you've like transcended um all of the setbacks and uh you know I I listen to you and I just think here's a woman 
that didn't want to ever abandon her dreams. And, uh, you know, everything that makes up you, you know, the fact that you were Nigerian, the fact that you were born and raised in the UK, but then you went back and you had that experience and, and now you're turning all of these different experiences and kind of scary, um, scary times, but also times of like joy and you're, you're turning it into something, you know, and that is your foundation that you've started. And it's just, oh my God, what an incredible journey you're on. Um, I just, I don't even, it, there's so much hope in what you've just talked about. I, I find it incredible. I don't even know what to say next. <laughs> Thank you, know. you so much. I've been, honestly, I owe quite a lot of it to you because that day, I didn't even want to go to the awards. I was just feeling like, uh, I'm going to see other women in engineering flourishing. And there's me who hates, like, at this point, I hated my course because I just felt so left out. I was like, oh, I'm going to see all these people doing so well. I'd applied for so many internships. And I feel like they'd be like, yeah, okay, on the phone, they talk to me. And I'd get there. And it's almost like they'd see I'm a Black woman. And I'd just feel like, yeah, we don't want to hire you. And it was so obvious. It's, it's, people are shameless. People didn't even try and make it seem like it wasn't a woman. Because some people are like, are you sure it's not your grades and it's not this? I'm like, well, the job I was applying for, I got the highest in my class for that module. So you think that, you know, for machine vision, I was literally the highest that year. So you think that going to apply for computer vision internships and telling them that, that and showing them what I've done, they'd be like, wow, yeah, come. Um, especially from UE, which is my uni, which is one of the best for robotics. So just so many factors didn't make sense. And going to that awards, one of my friends like dragged me along. She was like, do you know what I think is going to be inspirational? I think you're going to see other women and you're going to feel better about yourself. She, well, she wasn't even an engineer, um, but she signed up and she <laughs> got her ticket. And I went there and I just remember feeling like, wow, this is, I, I literally joined the IET the next day. But I was like, wow, this is, it's amazing. And then seeing you, I was like, this could be me. This is somebody else that actually cares about helping other people. It's not just like, I want to be an engineer and that's it. Like she talks about women and women from your country and just so many things. It was it was a very pivotal moment, honestly. And, and also the God. women involved in that event, like, you know, just the incredible young female engineers that were there that night being celebrated was just like eye-opening because I really felt that night that um, we had reached a turning point whereby engineering was actually seen to be glamorous and cool and young and hip and trendy. Just, you know, that, that sort of Tatler picture where they did that magazine shoot. I was like, actually, engineering doesn't have to be grease under the fingernails you know, and overalls, it can be, it can be fabulous. Mm. Um, so it was a turning point night for me as well. Um, so going forward then, like, because I just get the impression that you're such a strong, courageous, resilient woman. Do you need to tell yourself, um, like to give yourself advice, um, just, you know, in the things that you do today? And if so, what is that advice to, to propel you through? Um, I'm a big believer in, you know, 
speaking what you want into existence and manifesting things and positive affirmations. So it's like a duo that I think for me, I have to wake up and tell myself like, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, you're wanted, you're appreciated. I feel like that has just become a kind of routine in my daily life, which helps me to be empowered because all the things I'm saying are things that I know in my heart are true. Like I'm a good friend, I'm a good this. Just telling myself that and then speaking it out, it just, it, it's helped me. I think I've always been resilient, but when I had my little moment in university where I was like, my mental health was in the gutter and I was just like, what do I do next? That for me and, and really finding strength in myself and being like, no, do you know what? People say, why are you a woman in engineering or in robotics? That's my power. I am a woman in engineering. I am a black woman. I'm a Nigerian woman in engineering and robotics. That is my power. The things that, it's, it's funny, people always try and like bully you or pick on you, um, pick on you because of stuff. And it's, it's just, when you really think about it, it's because they're probably jealous. It's probably, it's really that simple. Like it's probably just, there's something about you that intimidates them. Like you're busy worrying about people who are probably intimidated by you. And it's not even necessarily anything that you're doing extravagantly. Like it's, it could just literally be you going to class and showing up for robotics as a, as a degree. And people are thinking, ah, oh, I could have never done that. So just because of that reason, they are willing to put you down. And I think telling myself that I'm not the issue, there's nothing wrong with me. The way I am is perfect. God made me this way and I'm very happy with myself. Just reminding myself constantly that I was put on this earth to do something more. It, honestly, it's kept me grounded. It's kept me resilient. It's kept me going. Again, when, when I went to Nigeria and all the times I've worked with children and seen their faces, seeing the excitement, seeing, wow, that thing just went up in the sky. Like, oh my God, or this just moved on the ground. Just seeing all of that. There's, what else can I say? Like that, that is what I live for. That is honestly what I live for. And if somebody wants to put me down because of it, someone, they can continue. Like it's, it's really, it's not gonna bother me. I know my worth and I know why I was on this earth. So yeah, it just all keeps me going, continuously going. <laughs> oh my God, amen to that. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm like, this girl. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, um, it took me years. It took me years to get to that point where I was like, you know, I, I was so, I, I just, I shrunk so much because I was like, oh, there's no one like me. I'm the only woman in, in, in fluid dynamics. Like I, you know, that so much of my, uh, my USPs actually made me shrink. And it took me years to get to the point where you are, where I was like, hang on, all these things that make me really different and special and unique are actually really beautiful, powerful things um, was a turning point. And I must say that I still struggle with that today. Like I'm often very unconventional in situations and you're right, people around me do tend to be threatened by my difference. And in feeling threatened, they're like, yeah, there's no one like you. I don't know why you think that you could get that job or do that thing. You know, no one's ever done it before. So why do you think you would do it? You know, and, and, and it's just, if you're able to embrace this concept 
that you just described of like, you know, the reason why I'm so different is exactly what makes me powerful, then you're made. Like, I just think that is like such an important realization to have. And it's amazing to hear you vocalize it because I know that you've got to that point by really going through the experiences you've been through. And I'm like so excited for your future because I really feel like you're paving the way to something almighty um, in what you can do, not just from an engineering point of view, but just in terms of like the lives you can touch through engineering and through education. Um, it's just been incredible talking to you and I wish you all the best with what you're doing. You're totally badass. Um, you are the reason why I do what I do because to see someone flourish and prosper the way you're doing just brings me so much joy. So thank you so much for sharing your kind of wisdom and your courage with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this is an honor. And I just feel like life has come full circle. It's so crazy to me, like, especially seeing you now. And honestly, if you go on my Instagram, I'd scroll all the way to the bottom. You're there giving that speech. That's how like important it was to me. And it's if anything, what it's taught me is that you don't know who is looking at you. You don't know who might be feeling like, like, for example, imagine you just said, no, nah, I don't want to give the speech and you just stayed home. Like, what? Well, anything could have happened with me you know I could have graduated or maybe I wouldn't have and you don't really realize and that's what I've realized like when I speak to girls and stuff I don't really you don't really get it at the time like just how many people you're touching um but yeah it's 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 really amazing and that's what I want to continue to do I don't know who might be looking at me I don't know who might need to see somebody like me working in industry or working in you know, do my charity stuff. I don't know who might need to see that, but hopefully somebody somewhere that feels like I'm about to drop off my degree. I can't do this anymore. Hopefully they find me somewhere, hopefully like social media and they're like, oh, okay, she did it. She's okay. She's, she's fine. You know, nothing's wrong with her. She's worked. She's, I can do it. So yeah, no, this is really amazing for me. This is really humbling. And thank you for having me on the show. Do you know what, Ellie? I'm just thinking, you know, be the example you want to set, and you are such an amazing example. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and please do subscribe to this podcast, and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews, and the more interest from those algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube on my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation. So as always, be kind and loving to yourselves and others. And I wish you all a great week. Thanks for listening this week. And please do subscribe to this podcast if you want to. And maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews, then the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on my YouTube channel for my new series called Esteemed. It's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation, diversity and inclusivity. So as always, be kind and loving to yourselves and I wish you all a great week.